Hey everyone, we are here. Oh, we are ready to go. Christmas Eve, come on. Great day. Busy day. Glad you're taking the time to be with us here on New Hope Radio. As we continue to, you know, we're going to study the scriptures and talk about Christmas. Today we're going to see that wise men look for Christmas. What do you think about that? What does that mean to you? Wise men look for Christmas. That's what we're going to see today. And how important that is. Because, you know, everybody has their own opinion of Christmas, don't they? But what does Christmas really mean? And what does it mean to look for it? And how about this? How do you know when you found it? How do you know? We're going to take some men, take a look at some men. They went looking. Oh, they traveled a long way to look for Christmas, and they found it. And when they found it, you know what they did? Oh, they rejoiced. Oh, did they rejoice because they found Christmas. Welcome aboard. Paul is already with us on Facebook. As I said yesterday, in the new year, we'll be on YouTube only. Go on our Facebook. We'll be on YouTube. We'll let you know, and we'll give you notifications on a daily basis. So, Janine's on board as well, and wishing everybody a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas Eve. That reminds me, Christmas Eve service here at New Hope on Route 6 in Swansea, 7 o'clock. Can't wait. And then Christmas morning, really? Yup, 10 o'clock. Yeah, two services at New Hope, yup. Christmas Eve at 7, Christmas morning at 10. Two opportunities to come out, celebrate Christmas. Now, when we look for something, right, we usually look for something because we ascribe value to it. Like a set of keys. You ever look for a set of keys? Your wallet? Jesus told some stories about things that had great value and people searched for them as well. And when they found them, there was great rejoicing. He told the the parable of the lost coin, the lost sheep, the lost son. And each one brought great joy when found. You probably have that experience too. You found something and it's like, oh, I've been looking for this. So glad I found it. Well, this week we've been talking about Christmas and we noted the first Christmas card written back in Genesis the Garden of Eden, Genesis 3.15. Then we saw Christmas in Jericho, how Rahab tied some red scarlet fabric outside her window so when the soldiers came to attack the city, they would know, okay, don't attack that house, that apartment, rescue the people that are in it. And it was that red fabric that saved them. And I kind of liken that to the red Christmas bow. You know, we have red Christmas bows all over the place, right? And I don't know, to me, it's a picture of the shed blood of the Lord Jesus. That's what rescued us, isn't it? It rescued us 
from sin, from the judgment of sin, from the eternal lake of fire. So every time you see a red bow, just think of the blood of Jesus. It saved you just like the red fabric saved Rahab. Today we're going to take a journey to the Near East and meet some men who traveled, oh, a long way because they were looking for something or they were looking for someone. And uh, we're going to see how that all worked out. Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem. See, this says after Jesus was born. Not when he was born, after he was born. So this is sometime after the birth of Christ. Christmas cards got it wrong. Sorry. So Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem. The east, Persia seems to be the popular belief. Jewish writings said that a star would signify the birth of the Messiah when he came. And the Magi, they actually were scientific astronomers of assault. And they understood the significance of the star. The original word Magi is M-A-J, I mean G, M-A-G-O-I, from which comes our word magician. Today, magician is used more in a, a negative sense. Not that magicians are negative, but you know, as far as the magic arts go, that's kind of negative. But in those days, it didn't have that connotation. It denoted that these people were scientists, philosophers, priests, astronomers, they lived chiefly in Persia and Arabia, and they were the learned men of the Eastern nations, and they would devoted themselves to learning and studying. And they studied religion and medicine and astronomy. You know, they were held in high esteem by the Persian court. And many times they were admitted as counselors, and they followed the camps in war to give advice. In those days, intellectuals had wisdom. Not so much today. <laughs> today we have intellectuals, but that doesn't necessarily mean they have wisdom. The Apostle Paul said it himself. He said, Consider your calling, brethren, if there were not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world. That's us. Foolish in a sense that the mucky mucks look down upon us. God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things which are strong. I don't mind being in that category. I don't care. I'd rather look foolish to the world and wise to God. So when you think about wisdom, Wisdom is for those who desire it. The great thing about wisdom, anybody can have it if you want it. The question in life is, what do I want? Do I really want wisdom? There are people that are going after all kinds of stuff, but how many really go after wisdom? Let me give you quickly six facts about wisdom because the wise men had wisdom, right? Magi, wise men, they had wisdom. Here's six facts about wisdom to help you. Number one, where does wisdom begin? 
The Bible tells us in Psalm 111, verse 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. (laughs) That's where it starts. Fear God. Think about it. Without God, there is none. Wow. Without God, there is no wisdom. There might be intellectualism, but there's no wisdom. Number two, not everybody wants wisdom. Sadly, isn't it? Wisdom enhances anybody's life, but yet not everybody wants it. Proverbs 1.7, fools despise wisdom and instruction. Some people are just happy living by their opinions, and they don't want the truth. Thirdly, wisdom does come from God. Proverbs 2, verse 6, the Lord gives wisdom. There it is. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. So if you want to get wisdom, you've got to go to God. Why do I want wisdom? Because it's the key to a fulfilled life. That's why. It's about the fullness of life. It's not about the collection of stuff. It's the fullness of life. People collect a lot of stuff and they're still not fulfilled. And you can have very little stuff and yet be very fulfilled. Wisdom is the source of your joy. Oh, Proverbs 3.13, how blessed is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. You know, as I read these scriptures, all these faces of people I know run through my mind. And some of them have wisdom and they're very fulfilled and others have no wisdom. And they're like, I don't know. They're just missing out on life. They're missing out. Like the train's going by. They're counting the cars, but they're not on board. You know, it's sad. You you kind of feel sad for them. Number five, wisdom is a noble search. Acquire wisdom. Acquire understanding, Proverbs 4, 5. So if you're going to search for something, search for the wisdom of God. Wisdom will protect you. The Bible tells us wisdom is protection just as money is protection. But the advantage of knowledge is that wisdom preserves the lives of its possessors. That's Ecclesiastes 7.4. That's the words of Solomon. Wisdom is protection just as money is protection. But the advantage of knowledge is that wisdom preserves the lives of its possessors. Kind of like an insurance policy. Money's not going to preserve you. Because it can be taken away. But wisdom can't be taken away. It's in your heart. So let's get back to the Magi. We talked about wisdom. They were wise men. Hopefully you are wise people. And you're on a search for wisdom. That's why you go to church. And that's why you study the scriptures. And that's why you're in the Hope Club. And you listen, listen to the daily devotionals. And you listen to Christian radio. Because you're on a search for wisdom. So now, it was this time in Jewish history that expectations were high, that God would send the Deliverer, the Messiah. Oh, they've been waiting for hundreds of years. They had all kinds of prophecies, and they just felt it. Like, it's now. Kind of like we almost feel in our day and age, we're on the brink of the rapture, the way things are going, right? A lot of Christians will say, oh, man, I don't think the rapture's too far away. Things are moving. And back in the days when Christ was born, people had a sense, too, that God is 
God is going to do something. So this star appeared in the sky. It was a signal to the Magi. What was the star they followed? It's been in the news lately, hasn't it? The conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn. The weatherman was talking about it this week. They said, go outside and take a look, but it was cloudy. You couldn't see it. But it's been the talk of the town, the same star. Comes around every, what, so many hundreds of years? It's a rare, it's a rare occurrence. And maybe they think, they call it the Christmas star. Maybe that was the star that they followed. Doreen said, God's wisdom helps us in capitalized every aspect of our lives. It's true. That's why I do this. Because I want wisdom. You know why? Because I need wisdom. I'm not too smart. I need the wisdom of God. She said it helps us to lead a peaceful life in these troubled times. Yes, wisdom allows us to peek through the circumstances of life and see what's really going on. That's the beauty of wisdom. So these wise men, these magi, they came from the east, from Persia. But if they came today, where would they be coming from? Iran. Persia was Iran, or Iran has now be, is what Persia was. And how far did they travel? About a thousand miles. So if the star appeared when Christ was born, they traveled a thousand miles. So how long did it take them to travel? A year or two? I would say so. And that's when they arrived at the house with the Holy Family. Because it would have been a long and dangerous trip on camels. No high-speed buses in those days, no ferries. But most likely, there were other travelers that traveled with them for protection. It could have been a whole caravan. I know the Christmas card, you know, we got the three guys on the camels. But if these guys were kings and they were important, there was probably a caravan. And plus, they needed food, water, protection. So it could have been a whole slew of camels that came. And then they finally arrived in Bethlehem. And they inquired. And they they asked around, Where is he who has been born? See, not is born. Who has been born? King of the Jews. Oh, for we saw his star in the east. And we've come to worship him. So they're looking around. They know the star gave them a general sense. You had to ask around. And then Herod, he sent them to Bethlehem. And he said, I want you to go search carefully for the child. And when you found him, report back to me so that I may come and worship him. Oh, that dirty rat. What a liar. Don't you hate liars? I hate them. I hate liars. Tell the truth. You can't trust a liar. Herod was a liar because he was wicked. He was evil. So, they heard the king, and they went their way, and the star which they had seen in the east went on before them until it came and led them to where the Christ child was. I heard somebody on the radio say recently, the star was really, here it comes, a UFO. And the UFO led them over the house where Mary, Joseph, and Jesus were. 
You say, why would a UFO do that? Because it was an alien that impregnated Mary. I mean, just when you think you've heard it all, just when you think all the wackos have been counted, there's new ones on the scene. <laughs> we never run out of wackos. I'm telling you, we never run out. There's always new ones popping up. So there you go. So they saw the star. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. Oh, they were so happy. You know why? Because what they were looking for, they found. What were they looking for? Christmas. Wise men look for Christmas. And they found it. Paula said, yeah, so cool. Too bad it wasn't visible in our area. I guess they're talking about Saturn and Jupiter. I don't know. I thought it was. I saw it on TV. So this is why their mission was successful. Think about these wise men now. These guys were, number one, dedicated to the truth. That's a good way to live. Dedicated to the truth. Are you dedicated to the truth? I hope so. Number two, they lived in expectation of the Messiah. Let me ask you. Do you live in expectation of the Messiah? I hope so. Oh, we're waiting. We're ready. Right? What did Paul say? At the last trump, the dead will be raised. And we who are alive will be caught up together with Christ in the clouds of the air. I'm like, bring it on. Bring it on. What if Jesus came during Christmas service? Oh, how cool that would be. But which one? <laughs> there's, Christmas, there's Christmas services going on all over the world. Oh, which one? I, don't know. I want it to be mine. Come, come during my Christmas service. We'll all be together in church. Number three, they journeyed far and long. And you know, that's a picture of the Christian life, isn't it? The Christian life is a journey. It's a long journey. And we have a goal. We're going somewhere. And the journey, you know, it's got ups and downs and hills and valleys. And it's got difficult times and it's got challenges. And it's got beautiful views. It's got everything. And we have to realize that the Christian life is not just one thing. It's many things. It's many experiences. It's all kinds of experiences. So let's remember that. Let's remember that it's not going to be filled with just good or just bad. It's going to be a mixture of all kinds of emotions and all kinds of circumstances and events. Fourthly, when they got to Bethlehem, they were close, but they didn't give up searching. See, sometimes people get so close and then they just quit. It's like, oh, I'm done. I've had enough. How many Christians do we know that walk with the Lord for years and they get to a point where they just said, you know what? I'm done. I'm done. They just give up. They just give up. They let the flesh take over. And they give up. It happens. Oh, it happens to all kinds of people. Christians, pastors, teachers, deacons, elders. I mean, you name it, anybody. Because that's the power of the flesh. Oh, it's so strong. It can weigh heavy. It can cause people to be discouraged and disappointed. And they think by walking away from God, They'll make things better. Let me tell you something. Walking away from God never 
makes things better. Handyman Pete said, Rainy Fort Payne, Alabama. He's in Alabama, IA. Good memory to be able to cover a lie with a lie. It's true. That's why I tell the truth. You don't need a good memory. We have to be wise men and not fall for the words. I guess there's more coming. But, you know, that's the truth, isn't it? If you if you tell the truth, you don't need a good memory because the truth never changes. But if you lie, oh, i got to remember the lie I told. I can't deviate from it. And you can have a, you can really get in trouble. You can really get in trouble. So they got to Bethlehem and they didn't give up. And then number five, upon arrival, oh, when they saw the Christ child, they gave him gifts and they worshiped him. Wow. They gave him gifts. See, they came prepared. Like when they got to Bethlehem, they didn't go to the store to look for gifts. They didn't go to Colonial Candle. Well, maybe they need some candles. There's no electricity. You know, no, they brought gifts ahead of time. And you know the story. They brought gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And you're probably pretty aware of the symbolism of those gifts. The gold they needed because God told them to go to Egypt because Herod was going to kill the baby. And they needed money for traveling, so they had a box of gold. Frankincense, that would be incense used by a priest, signifying the priesthood of Christ. Myrrh was a burial incense, signifying the sacrifice of Jesus, his death on the cross, his burial on the tomb. He was a king, he was a priest, and he was a sacrifice. A king, a priest, and a sacrifice. That's a good king. You know, that's a good king that dies for his subjects. Think about that. Think about what our king did for us. And you know, God honored his faithfulness. And you know what he did? Raised them from the grave. <laughs> he said, son, I will not leave you there. You're coming up. And he brought him up. Makes us ask this about ourselves. You ever ask yourself, why did God create me? That's a good question. I think that's a question everybody should ask themselves. And maybe I've got a general answer for you. Number one, to fulfill his eternal plan. That's number one, to fulfill his eternal plan. Number two, to love us and that we would return his love back to him. See, I think there's a lot that goes on between God and us that's being revealed to the angels. The angels are watching. Hebrews tells us that. The angels are watching the relationship unfold between God and mankind. Doreen said, walking with God helps things go better in our lives. But Satan tries to get us discouraged when things get hard. It's true. That's why you need that shield of faith, helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, sword of the spirit, feet shod with the preparation of the gospel. 
You know, you go out there in that journey and you don't wear slippers when you go on a journey. You need walking shoes, don't you? You got to dress for the occasion. So if you're going to go on a long hike, you got to get the right shoes. You got to get the right protection. Might need a walking stick. You know, might need some bug spray. You got to get everything you need. You got to do it. Because there'll be discouragement. There certainly will. So I want you to think, let's be like the wise men. Let's be like the wise men. Look for Christmas. I'm not saying they look for gifts and they look for Christmas trees and they look for ornaments and lights. No, they look for Christmas. And what's in Christmas? Christ. Christ. Isn't the first half of Christmas Christ? You know, the the world wants to put the X there. Get that X out of there right now. (laughs) It's not Xmas. It's Christmas. It's about Christ. You got something with Xmas on it? Throw it away. Throw that thing away. It's no good. It's Christ. Wise men, wise women, look for Christmas. You're looking for the Christ. And they were looking for what? The Christ child. Because they wanted to do two things when they found him. And they were prepared. Number one, they wanted to give him gifts. Giving gifts is a sign of affection. That's why we give gifts at Christmas. It's a sign of affection. And number two, they wanted to worship him. They wanted to bow down before him. That's why we have Christmas service, so we can worship him. And I'm so thankful for the people here at New Hope. Let me tell you, our praise team, they're here Christmas Eve, and then they're coming back Christmas morning. And they're going to lead us in worship. All our behind-the-scenes people, deacons, elders, audio, video, parking lot, they'll all be here. Why? Because we want to worship. Because we want to worship the Christ of Christmas. So mark that down. Christmas Eve, 7 p.m., right here in New Hope, Route 6 in Swansea. Christmas morning, 10 a.m. Can't get to church? That's okay. Stream us online. NewHopeCC.tv. Stream us live. Christmas Eve, 7 o'clock. And then Christmas morning, it's archived. It'll be on Facebook and YouTube. You can go to the website. You can find it. And it'll be there. And you can watch it at your own convenience. Okay? Thank you for coming along. A very Merry Christmas to all of you. And we'll see you next week for more of New Hope Radio.